Hello and welcome to the Women in Safety podcast, a place of conversations to empower and inspire you to transform your career. I'm your host, Alana Ball, and we're here today to cut through some of the BS of health and safety. I want to be real, authentic, and most of all, think critically about what we learn, what we hear, and how we experience things in our journey. I want you to take this time for yourself. Reconnect with your passion, reconnect with your career, and join us as we grow together. So settle in and see where this episode transforms you. Hi, welcome back to another Women in Safety podcast episode. I am probably the most excited I've been in a little while to have our guest on today. So I am speaking to Michelle Lamb all the way from, are you in Singapore today? You're not traveling? No, I'm back home. (laughs) I'm in Singapore right now. Ah, Excellent. And what's the weather like in Singapore today? Sunny, but it's pretty hot and it's like not hot, it's scorching. Oh, really? Yes. Oh, goodness. Well, you look after yourself. So, Michelle, do you want to tell people, I guess, where you're at at the moment, your role and your journey with health and safety? Yes. Thank you, Alina. Thank you for having me here. Uh, I'm Michelle Lam, as what uh, Alina had mentioned. I'm sp- uh, stationed in Singapore. I work for Thyssen Group. Uh, it's a German uh, engineering company. And I'm the head of function, the OSH function, uh, looking after Asia Pacific, including Middle East region. Crazy, crazy <laughs> amount of space. And I know you and I have tried to connect and have this conversation a few times and you're like, I'm here, I'm there, I'm flying, I'm, I'm halfway around the world. So um, thank you for taking your time. I know it's a very busy schedule. So how did you get into health and safety? Where has that journey begun for you, Michelle? Wow, it's way back when I'm only 19 years old. So I was in um, Polytechnic in Singapore. So it's a tertiary school uh going to obtain my diploma. So I do offshore engineering diploma in, in Singapore. And I was attached to a local shipyard at the point of time as an assistant safety officer. Oh, right. Yeah. And I witnessed fatality at a very young age in the shipyard. I mean, it's more than 20 years now. I'm 42 anyway. So it's it's really more than 20 years now. Uh, the scene is still up here in my mind. Mm. Yeah, it's not good. And it was my first attachment and I witnessed fatality. Mm. And it's not a nice scene, definitely. I don't see a nice body, but it was crushed. And as a female at that point of time, uh, it's in a male-dominant industry, Mm. especially in shipyard. Can imagine. Yes, uh, and I'm a student, so they don't allow me like immediately to be on the scene. Of course, uh, there's investigation and things like that going on. But after fact, uh, I was there and I witnessed that. So this thing is up here to today. Mm. Uh, I I complete my internship. I went back to school. I completed my diploma. And now next, what should I do? And I say I need to pursue health and safety. Mm. So at that point of time, my parents was like, no, you are mm-hmm. a girl. Yeah. You should go for admin, accounting, finance, anything, but not this. Yeah. And I say, no, this is what I want to do. And I witnessed this. 
and I'm the only daughter at home. <laughs> so you can tell from an Asian background, a Chinese family, a female to get into this uh, is mm. quite tough. So I managed to convince my parents. Uh, I went ahead to take up my Bachelor in Science, Health and Safety. Uh, it's in Australia, Curtin. Yeah, Curtin, yeah. Yes, which is very near to Singapore, per se. Mm. So I managed to go in there and complete uh, my education in health and safety. Mm. Mm. And that's my... That's your start. What a starting yes. point. What a starting point, Michelle. <laughs> I, yeah, I think that really, you know, I think there's very few... Uh, health and safety professionals that genuinely, and look, there are some, I'm not denying that by any means, but that really have had that story to start their career. So, uh, yeah, what a career starter and, and what what a, you know, I would never want that image to kind of stay in your head, but what an image to stay in your head to give you that why, you know, that you don't ever want to be, whether organisationally another student, another person to witness that. I think that's such a powerful story to share. So thank you for sharing it. Uh, so from there, from the shipyard, from yes. finishing your studies, where did that take you? So I'm pretty lucky, I would say. After my education, uh, I went straight to apply for a QHSE engineer role in one of the oil and gas company. So that company have been in Singapore for more than 20 years, but they do not have safety. I mean, in the early days, whether it be Singapore, Malaysia, or even in Australia, what is safety? Nobody mm. even care about safety or know what is safety. So because of oil and gas industry, they require uh, a safety personnel to be in the in Singapore for the project. So that's why um, they hire me. I'm pretty lucky that they hire me because uh, they are looking for one thing here. Woman and mm. fresh grad. Yeah, right. Why both is um, fresh grad, of course, because you're into the, uh, to your job, you are new, you are fresh. Okay. Yeah. But woman. And you're cheaper. <laughs> and uh, why woman is because in the oil and gas industry, it's all men and yes. they're all big yeah. guy and they're rough. So at that point of time, uh, the MD of uh, the company, I still remember him. He's a uh, Canadian, but he's also a Scottish. So he mm. went to UK, uh, Mr. Fazer. So he hired me and he said, I need two criteria. That is woman and uh, fresh grad. And I yeah. need both. And why woman is because he said, then you will have a soft approach to the big men out there. Mm. And I was like, okay, since I'm fresh grad, why not? I took the role. Yeah. Yes. And thanks to him, uh, that role is basically really to throw me to the Pacific Ocean and swim back. They got <laughs> nothing. Everything is is really zero. So I start everything up as a as a wow. fresh grad and I travel uh to remote places because it's an oil and gas uh, mm. uh, company and we do not have resources in Singapore. No. So I will have to follow the group to remote places and I'm mm. the only female out there. I can imagine. So the soft approach works in this case and thank you Mr. Fraser that see that we need a woman <laughs> to take care of the man. So that's why I was uh, in that role. Uh, for two years and of course till now of course um, there's different organization I move forward uh, mm. with so initially I'm the only woman on site 
uh, looking after like 15 or 10 men in terms of OSH, I need to communicate safety, to box talk, uh, inspection. Mm. One thing I would like to share is uh, for for women, you know we are on cover all, especially in oil and gas. Mm. There's no toilet facility for us at all. No. Why? Because it's always men. Who on earth a woman is on the remote side or even in that jungle? Yeah. So there is totally no toilet facility. The men can just do it behind the bush, but yeah. not, not <laughs> yeah. me. Uh, yeah, I worked up in um, Papua New Guinea for a while and similarly, like, like only female on the entire site and I stood out like anything and they were remote drill rigs. We were drink, drilling for, oil, um, not oil, uh, gold. And, yeah, there was, there was very, very uh, – no toilet facilities on any of the sites, obviously. And then um, where the camp was, it was very um, – certainly you wouldn't take your mother there. <laughs> but it's a learning, isn't it? It's a steep learning. Yes. Yeah. But without those learning, uh, to be honest, we, we, we wouldn't be here today and we mm. can do the sharing as well. And that is how impactful and uh, the, the, the experience we have and we can share to the women and people in safety. Mm, but do you know what I love about that too, Michelle, is that you didn't take the, you know, you're a woman and you're a fresh grad, so you get the job. Now, you could have taken that as a, well, you didn't want me for my skills, you just wanted me for the tokenistic element. But you went, do you know what? It's an opportunity and I'm going to show you how good I am and I'm going to overcome all of these barriers, regardless if you've got a toilet for me or not. And you learnt from every experience along the way. You've made it your own and you've absolutely thrived through it. And I think that is just so powerful in itself. So well done of, you know, not being kicked back from your parents saying, do finance, do do law. It was like, nope, I'm going down this path and I'm going to I'm gonna rock it out as, as I go. Yes. Yeah. So good. So good. Uh, so at the moment, obviously, your role is super diverse as far as kind of the um, areas you're covering, you know, across multiple territories. How do you lead the health and safety function when you think about some of that culturally diverse element that you, you're going into? To me, um, the important skill that we should have is listening mm. and understanding the people. A lot of time when I enter to decide, uh, I take my hats off. There's no head of OSH here. I'm just mm. like you guys. So I walk the ground, I get my hands dirty, uh, go to the field and and understand the work environment, um, the OSH aspect, how they feel, how they see things and what uh, the work condition is. From there, I will have a discussion with them uh, to talk uh, mainly to the worker, to the supervisor, to the ground people mm. and talk to them, understand their needs. And then that's where... Uh, we can lead them through the change. And a lot of time, because when I travel to different locations and regions, uh, I don't use the same approach. There's no one approach. If it, if you know safety, mm. there's no one solution for, for any incident that's happened. Mm. There's no one solution for anything. So every time when I 
go to a new site, I always listen first. Listen is very important. Mm. And let the people know you listen and you understand them. And many, uh, the last step is to implement and to make them uh, feel welcome. Uh, those conditions is needed, we will provide to them. Mm, I, le- I guess let them be a part of the solution as well. Yes, empower yeah. them. Mm. And how do you go with, um, I guess, possibly language barriers and things like that in those regions? So um, I'm pretty lucky. Uh, many of the location uh, is English speaking. Okay. Or even I go to China, it's Chinese speaking and I can speak Mandarin. Yeah. So that is pretty lucky. If places that um, there isn't any uh, English uh, speaker, then I will have to get a translator yeah. Yeah. to be with me at all time. Or certain project, to be honest, we will have a consultant on site at the mm. location. So he or she will be the uh, translator for me as well. Mm. Does that I, does that come so, with does that come with difficulties? I guess around that, like the lost in translation piece when it comes to safety. The legislation piece, you mean? Um, no, the um, uh, that someone else is translating, and and does the message get lost sometimes when it's being translated? So far. This is not the biggest challenge uh, I face. Um, after translate, uh, usually um, I don't just translate and I do the communication and left the site. So I will still be on the site for a couple of days to observe mm. and to understand whether the people really know what they need to do in mm. terms of the condition and the behavior aspect. And then that's where I, I will exit and make a move. Yeah, right. I, yeah, I can share a, a, a incident where I'm in China. Mm, we have a mining project back then, uh, pre-COVID time. Uh, it's border of Russia, mm. minus 40 degree. So the culture was pretty bad. Um, there's delay in the project. And the boss's thing is due to OSH aspect. So then they have to call me down, Michelle, can you go down now? Uh, tomorrow you have to be there. I was like, okay, because it's border of Russia and from Singapore to there I need to take a transit from Beijing mm. and yeah so I say okay we have to go there no choice because the project has been delayed so when I arrive on site uh, it's real the culture is pretty bad in terms of OSH mm. why do I say so is um, that weather out there uh, and the pro- process that is required uh, on site do not need safety glass but the OSH person insists that, oh, because the signage up there, we need to wear safety glass. So you guys have to wear safety glass. So, and a few occasions, the safety glass actually cut the worker face because... Because mm, there was ice. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So that caused a low morale. Is like, you guys don't listen to the worker. The worker mm. say cannot because, and there's no frying uh, debris. They are not doing welding. They are just doing minor uh, moving things around. Mm. Mm. So I went in straight away. I, of course, overrule the whole situation there. I say now with immediate effect, I guarantee no safety glass, nothing. And I do a one-to-one conversation with all the worker and all the supervisor. And it's mm. really one-to-one because mm. the culture there was pretty bad. Mm. And um, and because of this, I can speak Mandarin, they understand me, but mm. certain slang, I can't. So I ask them to write down and 
uh, I will read because I can read uh, yep. Chan. Yeah, so that is where uh, the challenge faced in terms of translation. Mm. But because at that point of time, I can't have the translator with me because the translator will be the site HSE manager. Mm. Then they will not be good uh, because it's a cultural issue uh, on that location. Yep. Yeah, right. And from a, uh, I guess, culturally being the woman in that situation, has that made it harder for you at times? Yes. So yeah. as I mentioned, China. So oh yeah, hierarchical. Yeah. <laughs> that I yeah. can imagine that would be so challenging. Yes. Uh, I went in. Um, they know who I am, of course, because the HSE manager have already signaled that my boss is coming. You yep. guys better yeah, so, all sit down, be quiet. <laughs> yeah, not a smile. So I went in. Uh, I do an introduction with everyone. Uh, I really uh, go down, uh, very layman, get down mm. to the role. Yeah. Uh, I didn't do the one-to-one uh, first. I actually uh, understand the situation where one of the guys uh, conversation on the cut because of mm. the eyes. So I overrule that policy. And when I walked the ground, there was this guy up there on the overhead crane without any protection. Mm. It's a Spider-Man role. So he came down. He was like, oh, you will get me out of the job. I cannot bring the butter and bread home. And it yeah. was like so nasty. He's like shouting and shouting. And at the end, the whole moral of the story is all the men there and including myself, we all cry. Mm, yeah, right. Because I used a soft approach to them it's mm. like, yes, you can. You cared. Be. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, you listened, I do that. You cared. Yep. Yes. And How we powerful, are all, hey? We all cry. And I'm the yep. only woman, yes. But based on this situation, the hierarchy all gone. Mm, how amazing. That gives me goosebumps because I think it's it's one of those, it's, it's proof that that care and that kindness transcends any hierarchy and yes. that it, it wouldn't matter if you were the CEO or that you were the person that did the job next to them, that that care factor is what got the yes. support and the buy-in and, and that overruled, as you said, any any job title. So that's yes. super powerful. So what, uh, you know, is there any other challenges that you've seen in your career that you're just like, wow, that was a moment that I wanted to walk away or that you just went, that was a really hard day and, and it's been one of those really, you know, opportunities to learn? To me, it's really opportunity to learn and nothing is impossible to me as long mm. as we try, we do our best. I think it's something in women, uh, you will make it happen. Mm. And... One thing about me is I always give alternative solution. A lot of uh, safety uh, incident, a lot of condition, a lot of times people will go around, hey, stop, you can't do this, stop work now. Mm. Yes, we do that, but we need to give solution. We need to understand why people are doing that. That is a very uh, powerful method in OSH and inbuilt this into the mindset uh, to the employee, to the employer or who they are and they really know you care and you treasure their mm, life. Mm. 
Oh, that's so cool. And I know you and I have been on a podcast together in the past and it's 100% why I knew this conversation had to happen because your passion and your, you know, I just feel like no matter what, I feel like no matter what wall or roadblock got put in front of you, you'd be like, it's cool. I've got this. Let's go around it. Let's build a ladder and I'll climb over it. Like, it's okay. And I just, I love that mindset that you have and, and you've certainly carried throughout your career uh, that really is this, okay, it's it's just another challenge. How are we going to solve it? What do we overcome with this? And I think that's just so wonderful. So if there's someone new listening that's starting in their health and safety journey, Michelle, what would be your piece of advice to them? Get your hands dirty. Mm. Go to the ground, understand the people work process, how the people feel, and listen and support them. Yeah. How the, magic. The most important thing is to be an OSH uh, professional or to pursue in this health and safety. The main mindset is you want everybody to come to work happy and go home safely. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I love, 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 love that. Uh, so what's the next little while look like? Are you traveling again? Are you home for a little while? Uh, yes, um, I just came back from India. So recently we set up a new center in India. So I'm supporting uh, the India um, colleague to set up their plan uh, to make them feel happy and safe condition for them to work. And especially with COVID, the mental health uh, Peace now is pretty important mm. and stress management. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, I think it's a, it's very much um, a huge piece of work here in Australia as well that I think we're all kind of, you know, there's a lot to think about in that. It's not something that, you know, necessarily the safety profession has all the skill sets to overcome. That's certainly partnering with some great um great parts of the or different organizations to kind of see how we can help our our people more uh and so where are you off to next are you back to india or where are you off to um i suppose to travel to dubai for a meeting but uh i have an upcoming vacation next month because it's school holiday i have three so i'm bringing them up after covid so yeah. finally we can travel so i will skip the dubai trip but i will back to india uh, i think in the month of july yep excellent well, Michelle, I hope our listeners got a lot out of our conversation because I know I did. And if anyone ever gets the chance to connect with Michelle, and I'll, I'll put your LinkedIn uh, in the show notes of the podcast so people can connect with you, Michelle, because, you know, I, I certainly am um, keen to watch your journey. And I think we can all learn something from your approach and the challenges that you've overcome. So, Thank you for being such a wonderful leader for women in safety. And I think you've got a lot to share. So thank you for joining us, Michelle. Thank you, Elena, for having me here. And thank you, everyone out there. Wow, what an episode. If you loved today's episode just as much as I did, we'd love to hear your feedback. Or even better, share it with your friends, your colleagues and other safety sisters or safety misters, so they too feel empowered and inspired. We will catch you for another conversation next time. And we hope in the meantime, you start implementing some things to transform your career.